people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. Only four and a half to five covers them. Mitz Belitz, she travels well in front. Leads a length and a half clear on hard stride. The toppies ridden along. Music scene back behind those while she popped the question. Sweating on a run, sweet venom, but Miss Belitz, she's the runner to gun down as they hit the top of the lane. Miss Belitz clear, she's two and a half clear. Trying hard, music scene, sweet venom. While she native B, late on the outside. Miss Belitz clear, sweet venom on the inside. She's raced through, grabbed the front and Sweet Venom scores. Sweet Venom beat Miss Bullets, music scene third. Then hard stride while she native B left. Sweet Venom for John Stevens and Glenn Richardson taking out the Thangul Battle of the Bush qualifier on Saturday with the call there from Darren Walker, courtesy of our friends on the bit Racing Australia. As we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week here on Radio Tab, rounding up all of the country racing news from the weekend. Well, we started off back on the 1st of May at Quilpie. And now we've finished off the 16 heats of the 2021 Tab Battle of the Bush qualifiers with that Thangul race on the weekend. We've got the final uh, nominations. We've got the weights out this morning. Lots to talk about with Bush Beat this morning, focusing on the Battle of the Bush, as well as looking at the Outback Racing Showcase Series, which wrapped up on the weekend at Longreach, headed towards the final coming up next week at uh, McKinley. And also news coming out of what happened on the weekend at Cunnamulla, Moranbar and Richmond. As always, helping us out with lots of news is Rob Luck. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, Tony. Good morning to our listeners. And yes, Tony, the excitement is built to the uh, finale coming up at Eagle Farm Saturday week. And of course, as you mentioned, those weights have um, have now been released and we'll be talking about that a little bit later. But that final heat was sweet venom out of the uh, Thangul meeting. And uh, this morning, Darren Walker's on board, as you heard him calling uh, sweet venom home uh, to discuss the Thangul meeting. Uh, good morning to you, Darren. Yeah, good morning, Tony, and good morning, Rob. Thanks for having me. A, uh, a good victory there for Sweet Venom, and we've seen a little bit of a uh, pattern over the last couple of uh, Battle of the Bush race series, uh, Darren, where the uh, the final leg has been at Bar Calden, and the winner there has gone on to uh, to uh, take out the, the the grand final, so to speak. I wonder if that's going to be the case here for Sweet Venom. Yeah, well, it'd be lovely to think so, but, yeah, the final piece of the puzzle came together there on Saturday with... Sweet Venom putting up a strong performance to take out our qualifier in what was a very keenly contested event. You would sort of expect that, wouldn't you, Darren, with the last heat and, of course, David Reynolds filling the minor placings with Miss Bullets and Music Scene. A couple of things about Sweet Venom uh, you might be able to give us an indication of. I like one thing, if you like to follow a little bit of patterns and omens, uh, a six-year-old mare by Golden Snake, and it's the uh, the same stallion, the Deadly Choices, that we commented on last week, retiring, who ran second in the inaugural Battle of the Bush. Uh, so there's a line there. It's only had the three wins from 26 starts, but it's one up to 1,200 metres. And I like the fact that it's been in its last four runs, it's been in Battle of the Bush heats, and it just goes straight into the final with a, a, a clean preparation leading into the final. Exactly. I agree totally, Rob. Uh, like the last four starts have all been in qualifiers at Burren Downs and Dowie, Gainder, and obviously at Thangul on Saturday. And the furthest she'd been beaten was three lengths. And so she certainly wasn't out of a depth lining up uh, in the field on Saturday. And she'll certainly be, I would think, a strong each way chance in the final. 
Yeah, when you get a preparation like that and you think, oh, well, they, they're just trying to make sure they qualify, but Glenn Richardson may have got the perfect pattern. Uh, you don't know. This this particular mare just might be building, 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 and the placings just lead to the win. He must have been pretty confident he could get that. Or is it a case that this horse does like the track? It uh, seems to really go well at Thangul. Yeah, she's had a couple of runs here and always been very competitive each time she started, but... Uh... No, she was, as I said, in the run, she settled in the second half of the field and uh, it was a very solid pace set by Miss Bullitt's music scene and Walshie. They all went forward and and obviously the toppy hard stride, as soon as he couldn't get across from his outside alley, he was always going to do it tough carrying his 67.5 kilos. So he was, he was beaten about six lengths, but still not a bad effort considering he had to carry 12.5 kilos more than any other runner. I also think the one thing with Sweet Venom is, even though she did enjoy that good run, she was very strong on the line. And I think, as I said, if she can draw an alley, she's a definite each-way chance in the final because the one thing we know is a capacity field like it's going to be, it'll definitely generate plenty of pace. Yes, she was able to sit there and charge through the line for John Stevens and... uh... Yeah, Glenn Richardson's stable. Uh, certainly, uh, they're firing at the moment, so he'll be pleased. Uh, they're off to uh, Brisbane, and as you mentioned, coming through with two-thirds and a fourth prior to that, sealed its place in the final. Uh, we have been talking on Bushbeat lately about our evergreen jockeys and our young apprentices. Well, it was a combination day in some sorts for Thangul because you've got John Stevens, who I'll put in that evergreen category, and Angela Jones, who we've been commenting on how well she's going, both riding doubles on the day. Yeah, that's exactly right, Rob. Uh, Michael Stevens, you can't keep a good man down. As you said, he took out the feature there on Sweet Venom. We've spoken a little bit about her, and he was also successful in the opening event on She's Royal for his wife, Angela. And it was a good, strong performance from She's Royal. She settled back in the second half of the field also and ran on gamely to defeat Toy Blaze, who led early, and it was a good performance from Toy Blaze, actually. I don't think it'll be too long before he's breaking his maiden status. And Craig Lee Blizzard wound up in third place, but it was a good, strong performance from She's Royal. And like I said, I don't think Toy Blaze will be too long before he salutes either. Well, Angela also uh, had the double as well, and that kicked off with River Span for David Reynolds, who got the winner there. Yeah, that's exactly right. As you said, River Span, trained by David Reynolds, he uh, led all the, all of the way from his inside barrier. And that makes it back-to-back wins there for him after scoring previously at Gundawindi. And scored a strong win there over Blazing Ash, who was game in second. And DeLargo Edition, who wound up third. But, no, it was a good, strong performance from Riverspan, taking full advantage of that inside alley. And really pleased to see the win of Angela's other mount there, Craigley Satina for Crystal Johnson. Of course, taking the cutest money. We all know uh, the ill health, etc., that Stan has gone through from Craig Lee, but it's good to see them get a winner. But now if there's one mayor that does like this track, it's certainly Craig Lee Satina. Yeah, exactly right there, Rob. Uh, it was a very strong performance from her, and as you said, she's building a great record here at Thangul. This was a third run, uh, so sorry, a third win from five starts on the track, and she did it the hard way, leading throughout to defeat Tom Starr, who battled on in second, and Decca Vases, who came from last on the corner to wind up in third. But it was a good performance from Craig Lee Satina. She was 
under siege on the corner, but if anything, she was the strongest on the line getting away from them. It was a good performance. Yeah, Two-kilo claim of Angela coming in handy there, but she rode a heady race and didn't panic and and uh, kicked clear at the end. A, a stable that's going into the Battle of the Bush in very strong form. They have, of course, Arwenichi, and that's uh, Raymond Williams. And uh, notice he had a good win with Hannah Richardson on board. A Wangina three-year-old filly called Gina Bell. Now, this one uh, seems to have a bit of potential about it. Yeah, it certainly does. Uh, she was probably the most impressive winner of the day, I would say, the Raymond Williams-trained Gina Bell. She led all of the way to, to defeat Cops in the Donut Shop, who showed pace, but he was no match for the winner in the home straight, and Moss Maid wound up in third. But as you said, I don't think it'll be too long before Ginnabel is winning again. She is a filly with a fair bit of potential. Yeah, comes off a maiden win. It's not easy to do to go straight into that uh, Class B. And uh, a couple of these stables are in really good form. Uh, David Reynolds, Glenn Richardson and uh, Raymond Williams. And that's what you want to see with them moving forward to the Battle of the Bush uh, final. Damien, where where does it head next for you in that area? Uh, well, our, our next meeting here is on uh, the 17th of July. We've got the St. Joey's race day coming up next. It's always a a big meeting for Zangul, and then after that, that leads into our Cup on September 11. So our next two meetings here at Zangul are pretty big ones. Darren, great to have you with us on the show this week. Thanks for joining us with a wrap-up there of what happened at Zangul on the weekend, and good luck to uh, all of the uh, the club there with their upcoming meetings. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Darren Walker good with morning, us Darren. on Bushbeat this morning. Rob, just looking at that, uh, that qualifier, as we said, that uh, puts the final piece of the puzzle into place. 16 heats down, and to me, the, the one thing that I thought was the most impressive out of all of it this year, uh, compared to previous series that we've had with the Battle of the Bush, only one winner uh, was uh, not eligible for the final, and uh, I think there was, then there was only one, was I right in thinking, that didn't actually nominate for the final, which is great to see that everyone's taken it on board. Exactly. 15 of the... Uh, sorry, 14 winners straight through with their... By nominating, straight in. Uh, the 15th position to Zillator because high cost uh, was not eligible after winning the heat. And that left the position of number 16 because from the northwest, the only nomination uh, was Tango Rain. No other place getters nominated from their heat. So as a result, and I've checked all this with Cole Truscott because Cole's on the board with all this, Tony, trust me. You then go to the pool of second place getters out of the heats anywhere and you look for your highest rated horse, which in this case is OY. So if OY accepts, he should be in spot number 16. Then your next highest rated horse would be Boingo, would become your first emergency. So that's where they go to. They go to the pool of the second place getters to fill that spot. And as a result, we now have the field. We now have the weights. And the weights coming out with Balenti and Tango Rain. Top weights, not with 63, both carrying 62 kilos. So both of those are seen on top with the 62 kilos. And Sweet Venom, we were talking about, comes in with that uh, minimum weight of the 55 kilos. There's several of them on 55, uh, but a few above that, which starts with fully max 56 and upward. Arwanichi, the Bar Calden Heat winner, four, a 58 and a half. Raiden, 59 and a half. Fab's Cowboy, 59 and a half. I just feel, Tony, this has got a real strength to it this year. 
through the whole field. Uh, there's some top proven pot quality horses. There's these up and coming horses like Manila Miss, Sweet Venom, uh, Zillator, Evil Eye Mac, Eskdale Girl horses we haven't seen in the uh, finals before. And horses like Rather Salubrious who ran third in a country cups over 1600 now back in the 1200. The depth is really good in the field. A reminder for everyone too that acceptances close 10 o'clock tomorrow morning June 16. Don't get caught out as much as the race isn't until Saturday June 26. Nominations uh, came through yesterday. Waits out this morning. Acceptances close 10 a.m. tomorrow, 16th of June. You've come this far, folks. Don't miss the acceptances tomorrow. Uh, and then the barrier draw will, in fact, be next week when they conduct the barrier draws for all of the other races on Tats Day on the 26th. Yeah, Tony, I had acceptances down there. And when I just looked at the weights here, um, it's reading acceptances must be declared before 9 a.m. Oh, no, apologies. Uh, that's, yeah, that's showing wet. That's just in regard to uh, Eagle Farm in general. My yes. apologies. Yeah, no, so yeah. This is specifically for the Battle of the Bush. Let's not confuse it, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> We've got enough confusion with trying to work out which week is which along the way. But, yes, as I say, you've come this far, folks. Considering we started back on the 1st of May, it's taken six weeks to get yes. this far. We'd, we'd hate people to miss out by falling at the last hurdle. So make sure that the acceptances are through tomorrow. Uh, speaking of the Battle of the Bush, next week on Bushbeat, Scott Power will join us with an extended preview of the race. We'll dissect it race by race or rather runner by runner for the race. And also we have an important announcement to make a little bit later this morning as uh, to the Battle of the Bush as well. The winners, the people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat. Into the straight, 300 to go. Cajito a length in front of Keys, please. Cash Cars two lengths away. Palencia's running on, and they were followed by Yarra, Linda, and Valley Rattler. But Cajito passed the 200, two lengths in front. Cash Car, Palencia, Valley Rattler, and Cochran from a mile back. But Cajito's still in front. Cajito a length clear. Palencia's driving late. Palencia flew and got up. Palencia, I think, has got there right on the line to beat Cajito. On the outside, Cash Car will be third. Valley Rattler might be fourth. And close up was Cochrane, followed next in by Ashcroft. Then came Hussey. Before we move on in Bushby this morning and have a look at uh, some of the other country race meetings from the weekend, Rob, we want to focus for a moment on the provincial races on uh, through the, uh, the last seven days or so, including Cairns yesterday. But in particular, highlight that win there at Townsville on Saturday because uh, that was the, uh, the cutest two year old classic Palencia successful for Graham Cleesey and Roy Chalemi yeah the time on a race and it snuck under the radar a bit you sort of forget where it falls in the year it uh, was the old Perry Nissan the North Queensland classic the two now the cutest two-year-old classic and boy oh boy Palencia of course in the Headley ownership group but this is a two-year-old by Palantino out of a really good mare dynamic lass and undefeated in Townsville three from three three from three overall undefeated and absolutely rattled home to get uh, the better of Cajito, uh, which is probably a little bit unlucky. It uh, had it won all the way except the post and cash car, and the margin's only back to 1.2 lengths for Valley Rattler. Palencia is one of those two-year-olds. I think, you know, they'll be looking for bigger things for him, and uh, obviously uh, once it gets over a bit more than 1,200, I think it'll be even uh, stronger, Tony. And, of course, the other big cutest race there was the three-year-old and clever green for Rod Miller. And Bonnie Thompson, there's that name again, riding winners as usual. Uh, top echelon, three-year-old Gelding got up over a very good horse in higher realm and courtesy bus for Jared Wheelow. Jared uh, going so close, he's had a third and a second in the two features there at Townsville. 
out of that Townsville program. Well done, Carl Spry, with a uh, double as well. Uh, Dolby on Friday, Nathan Fazakley had a riding double. Uh, doubles to Alex Patterson, Tim Cook at the Rockhampton meeting on Thursday. And also then uh, looking back to the uh, program yesterday. Now, it was a public holiday down south, but not in Queensland. It was Queen's birthday everywhere else. And consequently, they were racing all over the countryside. It was great that Cairns was able to jump into the coverage with all of that and join in yesterday. And at the Cairns program yesterday, Nathan Day with a riding double. But also want to say, uh, well done, Amanda Thompson. Now, there's a name that we haven't mm. seen in the, uh, the jockey list there for a little while. And I saw a post on social media from Peter Rowe saying that uh, Amanda's second week back riding, she got down to 54. And the last time she did this was in October 2019. Why has she been off the scene? A baby in between now and then and only back at her second tab meeting. And well done, uh, Amanda, in amongst the, uh, the runners there yesterday. Didn't post a winner, but I'm sure it won't take too long. And Kristen Swaffer back after a fall too at that meeting. Yes. Uh, I think it was in the same post with coming back with a uh, a win there at the uh, program. I just don't have that quite in front of me. Yeah, for Trevor Rowe, of course, a master loud noise, and lovely to hear that name, Nathan uh, Nathan Fasakali, or the kid as he was called out here. He really kicked off his career by coming out to the Central West and the Western Queensland areas and uh, just disappeared in the scene for a little while. But boy, oh boy, he's kicking home winners regularly, provincial, and I'm pretty sure I even saw he got a winner in Brisbane. Really good to see when they put the hard yards in, Tony, that the career can can blossom um, a little bit down the track. So well done, Nathan. A quick look at the calendar for the week ahead. Thursday, tab meeting at Mackay. Saturday, Gimpy Turf Club with their RSL Cup program has tab status. Also tab racing at Rockhampton. The non-tab events... Uh, the next of the uh, up-and-coming stayers heats, the Magic Millions Far North Queensland Rob Kosh Memorial Up-and-Coming Stayers Series heads to Atherton. McKinlay Cup Day on Saturday, and that's going to be the final of the Outback Racing Showcase Series. It's Morven Cup Day Saturday. The Towers meeting has been transferred to the Burdekin Race Club at Home Hill. It's Warwick Picnic Cup Day for the Warwick Turf Club. And not forgetting Kilcoy with the tab program coming up on Sunday, where it is Kilcoy Cup Day. Getting back to the grassroots of racing, this is Bushbeat. Ferry me home, she goes up. She didn't want to get in too far in front at the 600. Moved up and it's only a half length off them. Heroism two lengths away in third. Now it gets busy on Van Winkle because it's just dropped the bit at this point as Mashani Astana comes up on the outside. Ferry Me Home goes up to the outside of Jarhead. They straighten up with about a three-length lead on Heroism. Van Winkle getting busy. Mashani Astana at the back of the field. Ferry Me Home. She goes for it at the top of the straight and it's burst clear. Put two lengths on Jarhead. Heroism down the outside with Van Winkle. But at this stage already, it looks like three for the day for Ross. She's going clear on Ferry Me Home. The Forex Gold Cup goes to Ferry Me Home. Takes it by about four on the line. Through a photo, Jarhead may have held on with a photo there with heroism and Van Winkle rushing late as it sometimes does and then we drop back to Mashani Astana. Rob, it was a big day there for Alicia Ross with a riding treble on the day. Todd Austin training the Forex uh, Gold Cup winner there in Ferry Me Home as the last leg of the Outback Racing Showcase Series. Yeah, a couple of features to comment on here, and Alicia Ross is certainly one of them because of that ride on Ferry Me Home and, uh, and her other two rides. Of course, Ferry Me Home, uh, obviously, if it, ex it accepts for McKinlay, uh, could be headed that way. It also pans nicely into the Alpha Cup meeting over 1,700. And I just love the way that in a five-horse field, uh, already you could see her thinking at the 1,000 metres mark. Jarhead was just rolling along at a steady clip, no real pace for Amabel. 
and uh, she had settled Faramie home at the back of the field. And you just see it, it tossing around in her head. I think, well, I've got to start making a move somewhere because this jarhead could easily get away with a sit-and-sprint situation. So from the 1,000 to about the 700, she just started to slide forward and then really started to put the pressure on from that point so that by the time they turn for home, Ferry Me Home is a horse that needs to have momentum built, it would seem, and it was really rolling and Jarhead was feeling the pressure and couldn't get that sit-sprint situation. Ferry Me Home dominant in the end with a three-and-a-quarter length win over Van Winkle and Jarhead just holding on. So that was a good feature of her riding, but... Tony, this girl is leading the premiership for the Queensland uh, Country Jockeys, 40-33 to 33 over Anna Bacos. She's also leading the Central West Premiership by a massive margin. She's also leading the Longreach Jockey Club calendar year premiership, both Central West and Longreach Jockey Club are calendar years. Um, and she's got her hands on, on three possible premierships, and you can see why when you see the rides that she also puts in with same old story, uh, in the uh, second on, or third on the program, the Gordon Popeye Saunders Memorial Benchmark 50. Look, this horse was stuck in behind and she couldn't get a run in the centre. And at the point of that uh, stage, uh, hard enough just started to lay out uh, with our say. And a gap was back on the rails. And you could see a dart back to the rails, shoot along the rails. And this horse went away and won convincingly by two and a quarter lengths over hard enough and our say. And the real saga mare was also the first of a double for Clinton Austin, bringing up win number five. So then she turns around in the next race and the benchmark 70 for Clinton. Angels of Fenway in a good speed, the birdcage sprint for the inaugural birdcage sprint. Spirit of Boom Gelding, he won at Tambo at his last run. And Clinton, after the race, said, geez, it's good to see him put two together finally. Uh, it led virtually all the way. It had better than gold annoying it, but she was able to judge the pace so well that uh, even though Arcade and the launcher really did launch at the end, Arcade particularly, uh, he, she was able, he was able to hold on uh, by, I think it was about a long neck in the end, but Arcade, a very good run as well. But just the dimensions of her riding there, you can see why she's leading these premierships, uh, ability to judge pace, ability to find gaps and take them, and ability to read a race mid-race. I think uh, she's really coming of age, Alicia Ross, and the hard work paying off. Good on you, Alicia. Uh, and the other feature I noticed coming out of the meeting too, uh, trainer, jockey, double... Uh, Double, race to race double. Nixie boy, David Rebel, trained and ridden. Came off a fourth of Barky last start. The Elvstrom to defeat Spolina and Portobello. Cheryl Rogers, trained and rode Mazzy Whisper, the Sequalo six-year-old mare that came out of the uh, Aramac Maiden that's now produced uh, Tanned In that day. Um, uh, so impressive at Barky uh, last week. And Mazzy Whisper now. The whole lot of them have come out of it. Defeated Seratali and Mistress of Money. And Boy Foster got a good win with Timmy Brummel on Music Award been in the placings, took the Cole Anderson Memorial Benchmark 55 over the 1300. This was a good win too, sitting on pace, got the better of leader Amadeo, Sparman and Lollipop Rocket. But uh, Alicia Ross, you can see why she's leading these premierships, Tony. Very much so. And as you said, uh, leading the, uh, the premiership at the moment for the country jockey title, put that into a little more perspective. I was just having a look. When you add up uh, her placings that have earned checks, first, second, third, fourth and fifth, it's 115 out of 154 rides. I know she's got a 26% winning strike rate with 40 winners from 154. But for connections and trainers looking at a, can I say, a money jockey, uh, 115 out of 154 rides is pretty impressive. And look, yeah, she rides predominantly for Todd Austin, of course, Clinton Austin. All stables got good horses in form, but you've still got to produce the goods on the day. And as I said, I, I just like the way that the three rides typified 
the maturity she's showing as a jockey. But we better not say too much. I might put the knockers on her for next week, Tony. Although we're going pretty well at the moment. We no, haven't um, okay. caused we haven't too the, much upset. We haven't put the knock on too many people so far that we've had on the show. <laughs> I think we've turned the tide. That's it. And uh, Mirambar also had their, their good meeting up there at uh, uh, Mirambar. And really good to see a horse like... Oh, don't like that one. That makes that sound. I still got you, Tony. Yes, no, you've come back. That's good. Well, you had come back. Right. You think they wouldn't ring me in uh, in this time, would they? Um, <laughs> they'd know by now. It's only been 17 years that you've been busy Burrito. around 11 o'clock. Uh, Wayne Pomfret, David... <laughs> uh, David Simmons, this charmed spirit, four-year-old gelding. I won at Bowen last week, and it got up over Cinnamon Missile and Fab's Cowboy. Of course, Fab's Cowboy headed towards the um the battle of the bush uh final but marino an interesting horse because he's really got some good form nine from 23 and coming off two country wins i'm just getting starting to think in my back of my mind uh wayne might be just putting him out there to get that confidence in wins back uh, obviously with provincial carnivals coming up that uh marino might be headed that way but you know when you think uh stampedes down the track could it be that he's getting his non-tab runs in there as well whatever it's smart planning i feel um Cody Collis, Dakota Graham, Billy Johnson, Johnny Mansman, doubles on the day. Mashani Fortune, Cody Collis for John Mansman, getting up over Ramachandra and Bon Ruby in the Class B. Uh, then we had uh, also as well, I should say, David Simmons also double because he had Oishio for Chris Attard, the Karoshio four-year-old, over Froze and Jojo Go. And uh, then we've gone to Cody getting the second his double with Mashani Mortal. And this was John Mansman trifecta. Mashani Mortal over Calpurnia and Mashani Dreamer. And then Billy Johnson and Dakota Graham, uh, they had the uh, win with Written Treaty over Mashani Patriot and uh, Papilio. Now, I might have got that out of sync there because I don't think Billy did get the double or Dakota. Uh, yes, they did. Barbican missed one. Class B uh, took that for Dakota and Billy over Struman and Bernie Bill. Now, Tony, I just want to check. I am there still with you after oh, that yeah. phone call. No, we've got yep, you. Good. Yeah. No, we've got all of that from <laughs> for the, out of the Morimbar program. Uh, good to see. Uh, and talking about not putting the knockers on someone, we commented how Ross Tilly's going so well, and uh, he had a double down there at Cunnamulla on the uh, weekend with Gary Bignall with another plan. A good one that's uh, liking the track. Two wins and a placing from four. A seven-year-old gulling by trusting. As well, he rode for Shane Iverson with Boom Fire, the spirit of Boom that's had two wins in two seconds. It's only four runs from the stable. Beat Beanbag and Buddy Ollie. The other winners, uh, the Golden Archer horse, Weatherman, finally. Good to see Andrew King. You've got this horse winning its maiden. First in 25, the second run for the stable. Nat Morton on board over Old Licorice and Great Brave. And then the other two winners, uh, Jacob Golden, a young apprentice with Pat Webster, VJ Day, uh, came off a third at Toowoomba. There were some short price winners there on the day as well, and this was one of them, defeating Expellable and Trommel Schlagen, who's also one that's in the uh, nominations, of course, as a heat winner for the Battle of the Bush. And Master of the Turf, now this is a good horse for John Patterson, two wins, two seconds its last four. The Master of Design, Gelding, defeating Prototype, and the Croc... And my final one before we... Uh, oh, I've got two, haven't I, to go? Esk and Richmond. Quicking, a quick look at uh, Esk. We were mentioning Glenn Richardson in form. Well, he got the uh, win at Nanango, but he also kicked off the Esk meeting with reigning riches with Les Tilly, the rich enough filly that defeated Lady Rascal and Reaver's Angel. And a new apprentice, first winner in seven rides, Olivia Kendall, 
One on the spirit of boom, uh, uh, Mayor Swan Island for Bo Gorman, defeating Curry Connection and Godfather's Girl. And there's another Olivia, Olivia Webb, that we've reported on before. Had a win for Stacey Meskin in, with Patrick's Me Mate over I'm Jacko and Crafty Aquila. And then uh, further apprentice victories with Jasmine Cornish, a four-year-old gelding Rossay called Royal Inspector, took the cutest money for Greg Cornish, of course, and San Bernardino and I of Ra into third, all the cutest money going off. And Brooke Ainsworth with the overmare, Madam Grace for Tom Dougal, defeated Chicka Rose and Front Page News. But big congratulations, Olivia Candle. Kendall having her first winner in seven rides at that particular meeting. We've been talking about Rick McMahon's success in the northwest, and he continued that on the weekend with a double at Richmond. Yeah, Rick McMahon with a double, and he must be creeping up that premiership list. I haven't double-checked if he snuck into them. Yes, he's up to 22. Going really well, and he rode for Denise Ballard with more than fortune, the better than ready, that won at Julia Creek. Two starts back, defeated Hamilton and come alive. Uh, his other winner came for David Smith with Smithy's Hammer, the Hammer three-year-old gelding over Del Bergia, a New York poet. Terry Hill combining with Tanya Parry with Ticket Keeper, a five-year-old by tickets, defeating Zunate and Fandrel. And, of course, that gave Tanya an extra win in the trainer's premiership. And uh, Amanda Thompson. Now, were you mentioning this name before, I think, Tony? Yes, I uh, wrote at the Cairns program yesterday. And she came off the win at uh, Richmond with Buan Natalie for Sean Royce. I do believe there was a bit of uh, suggested money for this horse, uh, Came off a lot of Townsville runs, and it's had six wins now from 57. Defeated Go Diamonds in King Landon in the benchmark 65. Hey, but what about the win of Metzen for Mark Oates and Keith Ballard? Took the open handicap. Two starts for the stable, this Canford Cliffs. Two wins, including the Tambo Cup. Defeated Boyer and Capset led all the way. Eased, eased down, ears pricked, I believe. And, of course, the young ownership group that we're seeing many of, uh, Andrew Watts, Max Tanks. Congratulations. I know there's other owners. I just haven't got their names in front of me. But congratulations, boys. That I know you were pretty excited on Saturday at the Longreach races when you heard Metzen have that good win. We've mentioned the premiership a couple of times. Alicia Ross leading the uh, jockey's title at the moment on 40, ahead of Anna Bacos, 33. Anna Richardson and Angela Jones sharing third spot on 31. Then Dan Ballard on 30. Dan McGilvray on 26. Bonnie Thompson on 23. And into the top 10 on 22 apiece are Matty Gray, Emily Cass and Rick McMahon. And the uh, trainers tally at the moment. 38 and a half for Tanya Parry leading Billy Johnson on 31. Todd Austin on 30. John Manselman 23. Then David Rewald on 21. David Reynolds on 20. Into the top ten with 19 apiece are Stephen Royes and Charlie Devilla. We like checking in on that each week, giving an update. As uh, now here we are into uh, almost middle of June, and the uh, they're down to the weeks, I guess, uh, sort of stage now. Rob, as far as uh, sorting out those premierships by season's end. Yes, it does, and as I mentioned, Alicia Ross. It, it's not an unassailable lead, but um, we're being at the pointy end of the business, uh, 40 to 33. It's uh, they'll need to close the gap pretty quickly, Tony, and of course. Uh, that Battle of the Bush, let's reiterate again that those acceptances are definitely 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. No, 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you corrected yourself and you've overcorrected. No, I've corrected myself. If I've you got get too in, many notes in front of me. If you get it in by 9 o'clock, then you'll guarantee you hit the 10 o'clock deadline. Acceptances close 10 a.m. <laughs> tomorrow, Wednesday, 16th of June, for the TAB 2021 <laughs> Battle of the Bush final. Great to see uh, what has happened so far. And, Rob, each year when the Battle of the Bush and the Country Cups have come around, it takes us a while to be able to pull it all together to make sure that we've got all of our ducks in a row and our squirrels aren't at a rave. But we've got it all sorted uh, to be able to announce this morning 
our guest race caller. We've had uh, some great calls uh, through the Battle of the Bush and Country Cup series over the last couple of years. Last year was a little bit trickier, of course, with all of the COVID restrictions. But I'm very thrilled to announce that our next guest on Bushbeat this morning as we get towards the end of the show is going to be our guest race caller for the uh, 2021 Tab Battle of the Bush final on Saturday week at Eagle Farm, and that is Ben Hall. Ben, welcome to Bushbeat again this morning. Morning, Tony. Good morning, Rob. Um, how are you guys this morning? Yeah, great, Ben, and congratulations. Uh, obviously, you need very little introduction to our uh, listeners, of course, with your career. And could I say, could I ask you, Ben, would you say it really did get a kick along with that previous call of the uh, was the Country Cups, I'm pretty sure, uh, when you made that debut uh, last time? Yeah, well, that was my uh, first uh, one was the Country Cups Challenge. It was a doom been over the mile that, um, that year, and... I was uh, fortunate enough to do the the country championships qualifier at Coffs Harbour recently, and but um, to be asked to do this race is just a, a thrill and an honour, and it's uh, definitely a career highlight. It's a two hundred thousand dollar race at Eagle Farm on a on a massive day, and it's just where all the country people come together. And um, yeah, looking forward to getting behind the binoculars that day and catching up with everyone afterwards as well. When you're not sitting behind the ten by fifties, you do get around to a lot of the country race tracks in your other role with high gain feeds. Yeah, I do. I was just in um, Rockhampton for a couple of days and uh, the hype about the Battle of the Bush up there and uh, it's been talked about a lot there. And, um, yeah, I do get around to, to most of these country centres. So, um, yeah, just be good to, to catch up with everyone and see them all together and at Eagle Farm um, for what's the biggest uh, country race on the calendar, I have to say, I would think. It's not only the thoroughbreds that you've developed the, uh, the, the real skill in calling, but uh, the, the trots as well, Ben? Yeah, I do a bit of uh, harness. I've done, uh, yeah, Redcliffe and uh, a few of those remote meetings when COVID was on and uh, doing a few greyhound shifts at the moment, uh, Mount Gambier, which is a remote, a remote setup. But, um, yeah, I love all three codes and, um, yeah, the sort of been uh, getting a few opportunities lately, which is really, really good and like to thank everyone involved for uh, getting me the opportunity to call this particular race this year. If you had to identify one thing that makes being able to call the Battle of the Bush from a caller's point of view, what, what would it be to you as uh, the one thing that stands out? Um, just it's the uniqueness of the race, I suppose, Rob, to, to be able to call a race where all the heat qualify, you know, the winners get to come together and, um, and it's restricted to those horses. It's, um, it's just unique and, and it's a big thing for the country, you know, participants, the trainers, the owners, the jockeys, and uh, just to be able to call that race is just a, a special feeling on its own. And I know I got the similar feeling when I did the uh, Country Cup Challenge. It was just amazing. And um, to see the people downstairs after the race and, and how everyone gets together, and it's just one big family, isn't it, really? Oh, definitely, and the country people will uh, bring the roof down, I think, with their cheering from the top of the straight. I think that's quite unique with it as well, and, uh, and I, I no doubt your call is going to match and just, just build that momentum right through to the finish. Congratulations, mate, on uh, on getting that uh, that call. Yeah, thank you very much, and um, I know doing the Country Cups Challenge, uh, Josh's box at Doom, and you can't open the window, so I couldn't really hear a lot, but... Um 
they definitely made a lot of noise that day, but uh, <laughs> hopefully we can open the window at Eagle Farm. Yeah, no, you'll be able to hear them well and truly. I've spent many a Saturday working in that broadcast box with Wayne Wilson and David Fowler over the last 20 years or something. And, yeah, when there's a big crowd there and you hear the big roar, you will certainly hear the big roar from downstairs at Eagle Farm. Fantastic, uh, looking Ben. Looking forward to it. Great to have you on the show this morning to be able to announce that. Congratulations again, and we look forward to uh, your call coming up Saturday week. Thank you very much for having me on. Rob, we also want to make mention there a big thank you to uh, Alex Penkless and the team at the Brisbane Airport Hotels Group. Uh, they're going to look after Ben at the IBIS at the airport. Uh, wonderful to have them on board, and they have been great supporters of us over the years here at Radio Tab, and especially of the Battle of the Bush series. So, folks, if you are coming to town... And I recommend the uh, Brisbane Airport Hotels Group. You stay close to the racetrack precinct. You stay close to the airport. You couldn't ask for much more. Oh, look, it's going to be a fantastic week. Unfortunately, I can't get there this year. I've got a commitment, of course, with Alpha, and that's a huge meeting uh, at Alpha, uh, which we always look forward to. But uh, we'll certainly be crowded around those TVs. Now, Tony, I know every week I put out with people who've got information about country racing results, etc. email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au. But very importantly this week, I'd just like to let our listeners know, and I've already had a good response from uh, some young racegoers, um, next week I've been invited, as other people have, to uh, attend a uh, Racing Queensland Country Racing Strategic Workshop. Uh, it, of course, leads into the Battle of the Wish final because it's being held on the Thursday, and it'll explore the current status and future strategy of country racing in Queensland and be focused on input from the Country Racing Advisory Panel and representatives of key country participant stakeholders, that being clubs, trainers, and jockeys. So I feel very honoured to be asked to come along to that, but I like to get as much information as I can when I go to these things. So if anyone's out there, if you've got ideas or beliefs about country racing, we're going well. We can always go better, of course, but there's such positivity about what's going on with country racing. And a big move here, I think, RQ, um, that organising this summit, if you like, uh, to get all the input and to see what direction everything goes, please take the time, email me and uh, give me your thoughts and ideas and I can assure you they'll get expressed at that particular summit Thursday next week, Tony. Fantastic. Have a great week. We will catch you next Tuesday. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Thank you to Rob and also Darren Walker for joining us on the show this week. Good luck to the clubs racing this weekend. Gimpy with their tab program Saturday. Atherton for the up-and-coming Stayers Series. McKinlay Cup Day, which is also part of the Outback Racing Showcase Series. And that's the GF of that, the Grand Final. It's Morven Cup Day, Warwick Picnic Cup Day. Also racing at Burdekin Race Club for the Home Hill Program. Transferred from Charters Towers and Kilcoy Cup Day coming up on Sunday. Next week on the show, a big Battle of the Bush preview for you. And we look forward to your company then on Bushbeat on Radio Tab.